0: Just in case our name Clit Talk wasn't a disclaimer enough, we wanted to let you know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So if you have any little ones in the room, now is the time to maybe put some earmuffs on or escort them out. Pussy, pussy. It's gonna be a good one today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about a clit-talk, 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 talking bad a clit-talk, clit-talk, clit-talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. We're on. <laughs> clit-talk orgasms. Here we go. Take one. And only. <laughs> Welcome to Clit-talk The Pleasure Positive Podcast, where badass women discuss everything from orgasms to gender harmony to the health benefits of masturbation, the sex ed you wish you got, and then some. This first season of
1: Clit Talk is inspired by the
0: legendary Regina Thomas
1: Schauer, creatrix of the School of Womanly Arts, leader of the pleasure revolution, and author of her New York Times bestselling book, Pussy, a Reclamation. In the
2: studio with us today, we have... Crystal, a 30-something entrepreneur, actively dating in L.A.
3: Lolita, a 29-year-old conscious parenting
4: coach. I am Melody, born in Iran, raised in Solana Beach, California. Hey, this is Lindsay, an East Coast girl,
0: professional singer, moved to California, a stepmom, and a badass.
5: I'm Sugar. I'm a 23-year-old Ashkenazi Jew. I just graduated college, finally, started my own company, and I'm a newlywed.
6: I'm Katie. I'm 33, happily married, writer, actor,
5: nurse. And I'm Eve, a
1: bisexual Korean-European from the suburbs of Virginia.
6: Today, we get to talk
3: about one of my all-time favorite things. And the thing about it is that it just keeps getting better. The more I learn, the more I know, the more nirvana I experience throughout my entire body. What is it? Do you really want to know? Yes.
1: Stop teasing us.
2: Girl.
3: <laughs> it starts with an O and it ends in an, ah,
2: uh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> Orgasm! Orgasm! <laughs> yeah.
6: Your pussy now.
2: Hallelujah.
6: Stick your
3: finger in there and swirl it around.
6: (laughs) Only if you want to. Only if you only if you want to. So what I really love about this chapter and what we've talked about a lot is the difference between actually having an orgasm and simply going over. What is going over? Is going over like a crotch sneeze?
4: (laughs) What is a crotch sneeze? I feel
3: like it's one of those little like you're cl- you're waiting to climax and it's building and it's building and then you're just like Tch! I hate
0: like,
4: those. That I, I didn't that know that's searching. what it's called <laughs> and I hate sure. those. Those are the worst.
0: <laughs> so no, no, what's the worst is when you're you're like almost there, almost there, almost there, almost there and then it never comes. Yeah, that really like, sucks. Like 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 if you've ever had to like sneeze and then it doesn't come out, like have you you've never had that her face. She's like that's never happened
4: to me. <laughs> that has never happened to I me. I
0: sometimes like it because and it's usually with a partner my clit will literally like go numb and then I just don't orgasm. Because they're being what? too... Not the my worst. current boyfriend. He's, he's a worst. gentle beast.
6: But <laughs> my experience of going over is... I read this section in the book and I was like, I wonder if I've ever orgasmed. Like, maybe I do just get to a point where I'm like, oh, that was really amazing, but my legs aren't shaking. Like, when I orgasm, like, the, it was really a pleasurable experience, ranging maybe from a cough... To uh, like, oh my gosh, that was so, I'm so relaxed now, but maybe it's not as intense.
5: Yeah. And I want to elaborate on what you just said, Katie. Uh, I had still been stuck in, have I ever orgasmed? Because my, when she, or the way she articula- articulates it in the book is that it's like, you You are so sensitive after you need a break. but really the power of an orgasm is it can keep going and going and going. And in a previous chapter, she talks a little bit about the extended massive orgasm, which I've never experienced. Mine are more like pussy sneezes. is that is that what it is, Lolita? Pussy cough, pussy, pussy sneeze. sneeze. Pussy That's sneeze. It. And uh, this week, My husband was going down on me because this is like a new, like a regular multiple times a week situation. Fuck yeah. It's so amazing. (laughs) And that is when, when it's just about my pleasure and it's not like, okay, now we're having sex or when he's been going down on me, I've gotten that like leg trembling that I don't experience from sex the same way at all. In sex, it's more like, okay, 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 okay. (sighs)
6: yeah
5: yeah and he's like oh yeah baby (laughs) I'm like yeah I'm not really there yeah I'm not really there but I'm like yeah that was nice
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you feel so good babe
5: I'm glad I'm full of your cum and not my own (laughs) oh yeah so when with uh, oral sex I've been this week experience like a leg shaking where I was just like the depth of the breath was really intense. So I feel like that was an orgasm. I feel like mostly when I have intercourse, there's a going over. And um, I'm still learning too about what is that difference between going over and orgasm. It's
1: interesting because there's so many different kinds of orgasm that a woman is capable of having. Um, When I was uh, just a young girl having my first sexual experiences, I really... what I found was that um, clitoral orgasm was what I was most capable of achieving. And I I wasn't really aware that there were that many other kinds. So what I would do is I would, I would kind of masturbate my, I would rub my clit while penetration was happening. And, um, and that would be what would get me off. And I think it was more of a going over experience. Like I just wanted to experience what the man was experiencing. I saw so much pleasure taking place. It was like clearly my partners were in heaven and I wanted to go to heaven too, not just be a vehicle for someone else to get there. I wanted an experience together. So I would do that and it would work. And I didn't know there was anything different. And then as I developed, I discovered um, the, I think it's like a cervical orgasm where it's when I get pounded just in the right way on the inside and it creates like a vibration deep inside. It's like, oh my God, that's so good. That's a new kind of orgasm. I love that. Yes. And then it wasn't until I was probably 30 years old when I had this amazing boyfriend who, uh, who was determined that I was going to learn how to female ejaculate. And this is something that I had heard about. I knew it was possible. AKA squirting. Yes. But I didn't get get that I had the ability to do that. And so that's something that he introduced me to. And then I learned about that. And so then there was three kinds of orgasm. I was like, oh my God. I have heard from someone since then that there's literally nine kinds of female orgasm that we are capable of having. And I'm excited to spend a lot of time studying what those are and discovering them and I really want to have what what does Regina call it again a massive what kind of orgasm an
6: extended orgasm extended
1: massive orgasm mm. extended massive orgasm that's
6: something I want to experience long and big yeah, yes i please.
0: Like, definitely want to know how you learn how to do that so if anybody has any resources like out there or maybe we can find it and post it somewhere i really that is something I want to have happen in 2018.
3: Well, and- I'm sorry. Did you say nine different types of orgasms? Yes, nine like different one, types one, two, three, orgasm. four, five, six, seven,
1: eight, nine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And men, I, I think that men can have different kinds of orgasms too because they can have ejaculation. Then they can have one that's like kind of sourced in their perineum.
6: Mm-hmm. And
1: then there's uh, several men that I've been with that actually don't ejaculate outward at all. They come inside. So they they don't release anything. They have I these have never huge heard of male they have these huge orgasms and it's all internal and they never come. And they that's like they're keeping their chi.
0: But that that's kind something of... that they have to like teach themselves. No guy yes. is just born coming inside their body. No, no, no. It's it's <laughs> totally
1: something they've read about, they've studied, um and there's masters who have
5: written about this. I think that Regina would, she's here with us right now in spirit, right? And as we are on our journey learning about our pussies more, the more pleasure it becomes available to us. That's already a, a birthright. And she had shared that in her journey, you know, she was part of the class where she saw, watched the extended massive orgasm. And v- the woman Vera was the student, the woman who was on the demo table being given the experience to have the extended massive orgasm in front of the class and regina shares about it like one day vera's you know got an emergency she's she cannot come in a physical emergency and vera had asked regina to be her replacement
6: <laughs> Like and Re- as she was being taken out on a stretcher right. to She's an
5: ambulance, like, you'll do this for me, right? <laughs> Is that how it was? But yeah! she like on the stretcher. She was like in an
0: ambulance, <laughs> and then she,
5: Regina. I can imagine Regina's just like what? Like, uh... I
0: think Regina's words were like, "Hell no!" Yeah,
5: <laughs> really, because she was like, I uh, didn't even know herself to be capable of. And then she says, "But when you're when you listen to your pussy, or you're letting you're being guided by your pussy, your pussy will have you do things you've never." would have considered before and that was sort of the way that she shared about it that she then followed her journey letting her pussy guide her and it led her to being on that table
6: i think she was the demo person because it's steve and vera badansky and they're a couple and like they go around the world teaching their life's work and what i remember from the book is it's you know, the clit, it's all a clit stimulation, all 8,000 nerves at the end there, and it's like the upper left side. Anyways, I want to get that book and like explore that with my partner. Um, so is orgasm, It does it, do you guys think it needs to be like, it doesn't need to be the massive extended orgasm to be an orgasm? Like you don't need to squirt to be orgasming because I know that like I kind of like just being Fingered a little bit before, like, stimulated my clit a little bit before I go out. Like, that's what my husband and I have been doing recently. Like, if I just... Because whenever we make plans, I never want to go, like, when it's time to go. And so we've come up with a little, like, you know play to be like, well, I guess if you just like stimulate me even if it's for like 3 minutes or something, it just like gets me up and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go now. And it's it's not I'm not like I'm orgasming. I mean, maybe I could have if I started doing that more. I don't know if it takes practice to. But um it's it definitely gets me like over not wanting to go out. <laughs>
1: that is <laughs> genius. <laughs> so let's talk about what gets Each of us off. What is the thing that always does it for you?
0: So there's a TED Talk called "The Art of the Female Orgasm," and and it's based on this book called Slow Sex. And watching that that TED Talk changed my life and how I thought about orgasms. And what I realized is I was I thought I was a very complicated woman, as I'm sure a lot of the women out there feel, and and I couldn't understand that the men were just being too rough with me and and numbing my clitoris out. So what she talks about in this podcast is an exercise that you could do with a partner. And I did this with a partner and it changed everything. And and it is the thing that like got me more in touch with my turn on. So basically what you do is the man stays fully clothed. The woman is naked only from the bottom down. And the man, so the way that she talks about the, the TED talk, the man lightly strokes or The female or whoever's down there with you lightly strokes your clitoris no harder than you would touch your eyebrow very softly. And he tells – he or she tells you how beautiful it is. I love the pink colors of your pussy. And he does this for 15 minutes with no expectation of sex or anything else. And that turns me on.
2: And you got that from a TED Talk, yeah. And she talks about in the book too to mm-hmm. have your partner go down and yep. actually talk, to your, talk pussy. to your pussy
0: and lightly Praise stroke it. you, Enjoy maybe it. insert a finger, but it's very gentle. And I realized that my clitoris is just really, really sensitive. I need someone to be very soft with it. The art of the female orgasm. It's a TED Talk.
2: So it's what about amazing. the sensitivity of the nipples? Because I need to have my nipples suck to have an orgasm Ooh. if I'm having sex, like for penetration. Uh, if someone's eating me out, obviously not. But if I'm trying to have an orgasm, trying most of the time is what it is. <laughs> right. I'm sure we can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> then I, that's like a must like you get your head down there buddy because i need that
0: i'm sure if you were doing this exercise with a partner you could request to have nipple stimulation as well but maybe just try it without that and see what what it opens up for you there's no right or wrong way to
4: do it yeah Yeah, so for me i could literally just have somebody just rub my nipples and i will orgasm just that way without vaginal
2: stimulation
4: Yeah, That's and actually, so that could be one Nipple of the sensitivity nine. Is great. <laughs> one of the nine orgasms because it'll just, it'll literally make me come.
2: If just it's done by, the right way. Yeah. yeah,
4: absolutely. If it's done the right way. Also, I've had, for me, orgasm is such a mental thing that I, there, I don't know if you guys have ever, this has ever happened to you, but I, all throughout my life, there have been like once every six months, I'll wake up from a dream. I'll literally have wet dreams because I what? like and I have to squeeze my legs together because it's so uncomfortable and I come in my sleep. Um,
2: never I, done that.
4: Never done that. That's amazing. <laughs> so it really is. I don't know what I'm dreaming about. I don't know what I'm thinking about. But what I do know is that like it wakes me up to and I literally, like I said, have to squeeze my Like I'm like half asleep, so I'm tired. And I have to squeeze my legs together just so I can release to go back to bed. Oh my gosh.
0: I I don't know. I know you guys all can't see us right now, but we're all literally staring at Melody with our mouths gaping open
4: at this revelation. (laughs) I'm really surprised. I mentioned this to Sugar um, a long time ago. And I thought this was, I really thought that this was a thing that happens to all women. I never knew that
5: This is some Persian princess juju right here. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
4: it's interesting
3: because the idea of squeezing your legs together without actually having anyone stimulate your clitoris or without penetration reminds me of a time. This actually happened more than once where I was at the gym and I was on a machine where you lay down on your stomach and you lift weights. It's one that works out your hamstrings. And... Every time. That one always turns me on. It was like <laughs> really? amazing what was happening. It was seriously stimulating. And yet there was no clitoris. There was no penetration. It was just the sensation of squeezing my legs together that like really was hitting me in the right
1: spot. For me, if I just lay down on my stomach on any flat surface, like a bed. Sometimes it Happens in yoga class when I'm in sphinx pose, but there's just something about being on my stomach and just lifting my chest up even a little bit that stimulates my clit in such a way that has me be super turned on.
4: So, speaking of the gym, there has been, there is once that I, there is this one spin class that I, that I loved. It was like my, it just, it got me high. And there was this one time that I went to spin class and it was one of the times where you're actually, I wasn't sitting down on the chair. I was, you know, when you stand and you Mm -hmm. cycle, I had an, Or I literally, I was so that I orgasm during spin. Really? Yes. There was like blood flow. It's just blood flow that goes into your clit. So I was so like, so into it that like it like
0: it so i have to know is it is it really easy for you to orgasm with your
4: masturbation with a partner like do you find it just easy to orgasm it's easy to orgasm masturbation for sure but with my partner it's all mental if i'm not if i'm in a good place then i could i could come thinking about just being like so connected and like, I just, I could come just with my thoughts. Yeah. You should teach a class on how to come during your cycling class. (laughs) I mean, I, I have only done it once. I haven't done it. It hasn't happened more than once, but yeah, like it's such a, it's beyond just stimulation. There's so much like meant there's so much, so much of the mind. I totally agree with you. It really, for me, not only the mind and where you're at
3: mentally, because if you're if you're off in another place, which your mind can often take you somewhere else other than the present moment, then you you lose your turn on right. Mm-hmm. And what I also notice for me is I'm such a visual person that I either need to like see his dick moving in and out of me or I need to see it or I need I need to be looking in a mirror or I need to have an image in my head as I'm masturbating that really turns me on so there is the physicality to it but there is also the mental stimulation the visual stimulation that really add to the experience as a whole
4: absolutely I agree I'm so the same. so when
0: you guys are talking about having orgasms at the gym are we talking about the hachu orgasms or are we talking like Earth-shattering. I can't think in the middle of Soul Cycle.
4: Yeah, no, no, no. This was like a hachu. Oh, that would
0: okay, be the, okay, okay.
2: And it's easy when you're working out because your body's moving. Sometimes <laughs> there's hot guys around. Like it's easy to get turned on at the gym. This like is, very uh, easy.
1: <laughs> well, and definitely as a bisexual woman, just being in the locker room, you know, can be a total turn on and I, you know, I'm very respectful of the women around me. So like I don't like to be leered at by men and I don't like to ever feel like there's some sort of creepy energy around. So it's funny I really contain myself. I just notice it and then I just keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to kind of have that experience. Um you can they- leer at me
0: anytime you want, you're hot. <laughs> yeah, you're
1: really Thank you really much appreciated. Um just thinking about um having an orgasm just through your thoughts, uh there was one time that I I was experimenting with putting my consciousness into my pussy. And just, you know, when you're doing some sort of meditation, you can kind of meditate on a specific area of the body. And so I decided to take it downtown and I just had my consciousness kind of trace, um, trace my labia and trace my clitoris and I had an orgasm. Like that. And that's not what I was setting out to do necessarily. <laughs> it just happened. And I remember I, I tried to go back to it a couple of different times afterwards and it didn't come, no pun intended, as quickly <laughs> right. or easily. But, um, it was a real eye opener for me that, yeah, our thoughts can actually have us be orgasmic.
6: Well, it goes along with like the chemistry of your body, right? When you bring joy and pleasure, whether it's like you took a really amazing bath or you're masturbating and getting yourself off, you're increasing the nitric oxide in your body, which balances out your serotonin and dopamine, which of course would put you in a more um, sound mental state to want to have more pleasure. Well, I think for women, I mean, and it, I believe
2: it even says in the book, it's uh, such a huge component of actually having an orgasm is your mind has to be into it. Like men, it can just be very physical, but women, it has to be, their mind is a big part of it.
6: Hey, Clitorati! Can you never seem to find enough time for yourself? When you hear the words self-pleasure, are you like, what the fuck does that even mean? We have some exciting news for you. May is International Masturbation Month, and we've decided to do something about the putting everyone and everything before yourself epidemic plaguing our country. Join our entire cast
0: and all your friends for our very first ever 12 Days of Masturbation Challenge, where you will receive daily inspiration from our cast and some of our most fabulous past guests, plus tons of other surprise goodies. Sign up right now at clittalkshow.com and have a radical shift in your self-pleasure yeah this this cover just hearing everything that you guys are saying it's really opening up for me like how and i'm sure some of the listeners can relate to this like <clears throat> i'm in a, a you know monogamous serious relationship and how you know kids and life can can get in the way and if i'm being totally honest sometimes we don't have sex for two weeks and and but i'm also i don't ever masturbate anymore and, I, and I'm just kind of like, you know, hearing in the book when she talks about like taking yourself on like a romantic date and masturbating and all of that, I really am realizing that that's part of self-care of a woman is really making that a regular practice where you honor your sensuality and your orgasm. And, and it's not necessarily my partner's job to, it is his job to get me off and it's not, if that makes sense. It's kind of what's there for me is like, um, I'm not taking it on. I'm putting it all on him. I'm not masturbating. I'm not like you'd h- having my turn on be turned on and th- and I'm not, I'm not like initiating sex really, you know. And that's something that I'm just hearing like I could like study. There's so many different orgasms and like ways to do. it. There's so much. I thought I knew a lot about sex and I'm here and I'm like, an orgasm. Like yeah. that's crazy." What? Yeah, right? It's like, "Okay, I-, I can study this subject a little bit more." <laughs> well, so
1: I-, I have a question for you, you know, you're sharing a bed with your your man. Yes, yes. And there's sometimes children around. <laughs> I'm just wondering, how do you find the time and the place to to take that solo journey of pleasure?
0: I haven't been. That's what I, I, I haven't been at all. And, you know, especially when the kids are around, there's no way I can like light some candles and take a bath. Like I'm never alone. I'm never alone. So maybe I need to be like, all right, you take the kids to the park. I'm going to masturbate. <laughs> There's the in the closet, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
2: I mean, and it, so you have those interruptions in your life, right? I'm single, no kids, no man, whatever. I don't masturbate. Mm. Until I started reading this book, I was like, no, I'm in shutoff mode, so I don't go slot around. If mm-hmm. I'm dating someone and we're sexually active, then I'll masturbate because it keeps things going, keeps things moving. Oh. But if I'm by myself, so once I started reading this book and started talking with you girls about the clit talk, I've been exploring with it a little more, make sure I'm not out slotting around, because that's just not my choice great for people who want to, but, um, <laughs> <gonna make> <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, exactly. It's like, Hey, we've all, we've all done something or we wouldn't know. Um, but I'd have to say like, that's part of it too. Like sometimes it's nothing to do with your life going on around you. It's just like mm. an actual just choice. Like, Hey, I don't want to do this because Maybe, of however yeah. I feel or cause it's dirty or cause no one said it was okay. Or no one mm. told me it was a way to be self care. So like, we want you guys to know that, that are listening, that this is a form of self care that's yeah, important absolutely. to consider doing for yourself,
0: and to make it a priority if it's something that's important yeah. to you. Like that's what I'm getting from this conversation is to really make masturbation a priority and and
2: or try it out, taste it, yeah, taste the flavor. see if it works.
0: I used to be a pro man. I had the bunny rabbit <laughs> thing. I had I had a cyber skin dildo. I had like four different kinds of vibrators, and then.
2: I I had one lipstick vibrator that a buddy of mine, a guy friend of mine got me in college. And he, like, literally, it was a secret Santa gift, that and a model of Godiva. If if he ever hears this. Maybe Godiva. And I was like, why are you getting me this thing? But it was, like, the best gift ever. And unfortunately, I still have it. I need to update for sure. But it's like... I didn't even understand what my friend in college was like helping me get about the woman, like being a woman. Like,
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because I was super obsessed with vibrators at first. I first masturbated when I was 11 with a group of my girlfriends and we used oh electric toothbrushes. <laughs> until they, until, <laughs> oh Un- like, until they died. <laughs> like we would go ham with our electric toothbrushes and then they were like, they wouldn't work anymore. Gotta recharge <laughs> like, them. <laughs> you know, so the the first one I, oh, I they didn't have a charger, they, they were their disposable. <laughs> Because we're yeah, not reusing like, that. <laughs> we we're you reusing using that the shit.
6: brush end on it, or of was just the okay? The other I'm side. I'm like that sounds like it really hurt. No,
5: not the bristles. The other side of the bristles actually has like a soft, sort of like rubbery thing. But but the lipstick vibrator was the first vibrator I bought only because it's the like it's affordable little lipstick ones, and I use that. It's so secretive too, and it's so cute. I used it so much. I'm pretty sure I busted through those batteries within like a month of having that. So I'm just amazed that you still have it, and it kind of shows. Oh, you uh, you can change battery. The battery? Okay. I thought it was just dead. <laughs> one that
0: literally like plugs into the wall that you just recharge it because I would kill the batteries so fast. Like you got it, you got it. Now that we're adults, we got to spend a little more money on that eighty dollar like.
5: Wall
0: wall recharging one. That's
5: the only one. Well, it's interesting because since we read this book, I stopped using my vibrator. I think, Eve, I think you were sharing about um, how you threw your vibrator away. Oh, I gave it away to my friend who's never orgasmed before. Yeah. So what used to get me the most off was just extreme vibration on my clit. And I could orgasm, if I'm doing it myself, I mean, in like two minutes like bangers you know and I don't even know what that word was I'm just like like bangers it's a yeah. distinction yeah. I thought it was a British thing It's it was, a brand- actually it really it is a, it's a British thing it is a British thing so uh the the when you shared that though it made me think about um am I desensitizing that area at all and the quality of my orgasms when I would be having sex would it was like it wasn't the same. And that really was starting to like bother me because I want to uphold my my intimacy with my husband and be able to like have that pleasure with him. And I was like thinking I was like, the vibrators getting in the way of our relationship, like, fuck this thing, it's out. We're breaking up right now. And there have been times though, uh, when my husband was on two business trips over the last couple months where I was just starting to masturbate way more regularly, building it into my shower time, building it into my before bedtime, um, especially with a little bit of cannabis, um, and um, and I really like would just have it be my before bed process, like getting ready for bed included, like making love to myself, and um, I wasn't getting that potent of orgasms from masturbating without the vibrator but I was committed to just really just going through that Um, and then I broke once and I used the vibrator and had an incredible experience with it and then put it away so it's something which to me it's like a treat to use the vibrator where it's like I don't need to cut her out of my life completely but to on occasion to bring her back into the conversation and say yeah you can give me major stimulation that's totally cool so I'm still playing around with it but now my favorite way to come is my husband eating me out? Yeah. He's getting so good at it too. He cracked your well, and one code. thing, one thing that you just mentioned was the shower.
2: Uh-huh. Have you girls had the shower head, the removable shower head? Oh yeah. Like uh, yeah. you have to install that in every house. Only- have. <laughs> <unless laughs>
0: <laughs> She's like, period. Well, I also <laughs> appreciate what
3: sugar was saying just about having her husband getting better at it. Cause you know, practice really is the key to success. So, as we continue to explore our pussy, to practice new ways of stimulation, to practice stroking or cycling or trying this hamstring machine out at the gym, the
1: better we get. The better we get. So, the the thing that turns me on the most of anything in the world is. Taking time and having it be a dance, having it be like contact improv, if you've ever seen that kind of dancing where it's two people with a point of contact just making it up as they go along and having the bed be a whole playground you know, where it could be up against the wall, it could be, you know, with our heads at the opposite end, it could be like hanging off of the bed and having it really be um, something that we're co-creating newly, that just the two of us, just in that moment, are capable of creating something totally new, and I find that when things get into a pattern and it gets kind of stayed, that's when I have more of those go over kind of orgasms. And when I have the when we have the luxury and the presence with each other to really just create something completely new, it's so fucking hot to me that the kind of orgasms that i have are where like my lips are vibrating or like he comes and and it sends shock waves of orgasm 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 through my body where i can feel them like waves um it's oftentimes it feels religious. It feels so <laughs> sacred and holy because something so massive just went down. I definitely talked to
0: God a lot.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh my God. I didn't realize I was doing it. Matt's like, you talk to God a lot.
2: Well, as, as Eve is talking about this experience, I have to say like, I, my anatomy maybe just isn't designed that way. I've like never had that extreme of an experience and, you know, as I'm listening to you and thinking about that, there's a point in the book where they talk about um, the clitoris is like not always in the same position for women. Mm. And that was so eye-opening. Just that one little sentence in the book it was like, oh, because I faked it for the first three, four years that I had sex. Oh. I was like, oh, yeah, that was amazing. And I didn't know it. I was having fun. I totally thought... This is this is sex and this is an orgasm and I was just faking it and then I actually had one and was like holy shit what was that mm, but yeah. just to like hear that experience damn damn Jaina.
0: well and I want to <laughs> I want to bring into the the conversation a couple of things um so as I started to learn more about sex and what was possible I then <clears throat> found myself being with my partners um, like I deserve that. The first time I had one of those earth-shattering, mind-blowing—you can't think, your body's shaking—orgasms. I was like, I want that every time. And then I would get so frustrated with my partners if they weren't giving that to me, and I'd be like, No, you need to do this. Go to the left. Go. To-. And and I found myself getting very bossy. Oh, okay. I can
3: totally relate. So now, I can totally relate.
0: <laughs> I want, relate. Know, I want <laughs> nah. right, but it. But that's so like, especially for a man or any partner, it's so emasculating. And so now I'm kind of in this journey. I want to know, like, who's been bossy? And, like, how do we find the balance of, like, getting what we want without, like, chopping a man's balls off? Like, how do you sex—and I feel like um, Eve is so good at that. She—the way that she talks, I want to be able to direct my man and get what I want but not be bossy in bed. Like, have any of you ever— So there I am. We're on a vacation
3: in in a beach city mid-sex, and I wanted it hard— But I wanted it slow. And
5: that was confusing.
3: And, my partner at the time, he literally stopped and began to engage in a conversation with me about how it doesn't work that way. And I'm like, no, no, it really does. And we ended up fighting about it and talk about a turnoff, talk about a buzzkill. Uh, so, I can really relate to this idea of being bossy, dominating, being attached to having it look uh, or feel a particular way um which really
1: limits what's possible
0: limits whats yeah.
1: So, yeah, it's been such a journey to discover what kind of language and tone actually works because for probably the first 10 or 12 years of my sexual life, I never asked for anything. I would just tolerate whatever came my way. Sometimes I would ask maybe to stop, but that was very rare. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening was kind of these voluntary violations, where I would just allow sex to happen. I knew it wasn't my favorite thing in the world. And I also knew that it was part of any partnership and that in order to be loving to my partner, I had to be available for sex and at least pretend like I liked it. And then when it happened in a way that I actually enjoyed, it'd be like a pleasant surprise. I'd be like, oh, wow, (laughs) that's what everybody's talking about. And... (laughs)
2: I know oh, it's no. so sad it's so, it's so, so sad to so well, no, try to, try yeah, to recreate I mean, it is always a challenge can be a challenge too because you're so caught up in it that you're like
6: shit what just happened I can totally relate like even in my marriage we've gone through periods of like you know when we're apart a lot and then we get back together and it's like oh yeah we, we should really have sex even though we don't really feel like it you know and then you have that sex where it's at the end yeah, we're like know? well, yeah, yeah. we did it you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Check that box. And then there's the other times where it just gets to come out of the blue, and then it's really great. But I definitely went through years of not wanting to have sex, and it had a lot to do with what we were talking about earlier as far as stress. I wasn't ever able to relax. So I can relate to both. Like, feeling like you want to show up for your partner, even if you're not enjoying it, you're giving and caretaking in a way, Um, which... I've found myself falling in the same pit.
1: There's something about sacrifice and thinking that sacrifice is part of a relationship and then discovering, wait, I have a voice and I can use it just like with Z, you discovered I know exactly how I want it and I'm going to tell them how I want it. And for me, I just found that it would make them get smaller and smaller and smaller. It'd make my partner just kind of shrink and then be walking on eggshells. So I discovered this way of just making these delightful requests with no attachment. So it's like, ooh, you know what would be so good right now? Yeah, yeah, touch me just like that. Oh yeah, a little bit more, oh, a little more, Mm, pressure. Oh, that's so good, and just really um, encouraging and inviting um, without telling them what to do because as humans, none us us like to, to be told what to do.
0: Yeah, and and my 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 boyfriend also like that's great, and I you have to teach me how to do that. Um, and and also my boyfriend was like he made a suggestion which I thought was pretty bill- He's like, guide me with your body. Let me, know let me know what you're liking with your with body. I think body. you both need to yes. know that's
2: what's going on in the sense of you've come to an agreement. Hey, yeah. I'm going to mm. start guiding you. Like, I want to work on this better. Or, Because the thing is, they've never been taught either that we have requests. Yeah. Like, we don't know we need to ask something, but they also don't know that it's okay for us to ask something. So we just got to say, hey, by the way, like, I'm exploring a little more. And why don't we do this a little bit together? So there has to be yeah. a conversation. It doesn't have to be huge but just some communication about it
4: it's for me the times that it's been like the most pleasurable it's not like oh he touched here he did this this happened it's literally been we've it's just like a dance so i we're so we've like the times that we're so connected it's almost as if like literally with my body with my energy with it just it, it we just we literally dance in sex to like we know like we, when you have a partner and you know what move and just so yes so yes so I agree and it doesn't happen with everybody it really either
2: right it, so yeah no it's special when it does no. happen
4: it does yes absolutely so that that's like when you don't even need to say anything do anything he knows exactly what to do how to do it and it's. Pfft.
6: And when I started asking my husband to do certain things, he was so relieved because it took the pressure off of him to dictate like how the sex goes. Like I'm just kind of like, oh, whatever you want. I went from like whatever you want, this just like get it done, to like, ooh, let's try this, and like it lights him up so much more for it to be his partner in bed and not have him have to make like direct the so way. So what that I'm it really goes. hearing is
3: that there's a way to be in communication about what feels good to us, what we like, and to do it in such a way that it adds to the sexiness of the moment versus taking away. And I think that that's something we could all
0: learn to do. Try it on. Yeah, and I just want yeah, to I just wanna, I wanna make sure that our listeners know, I think we, we mentioned a couple of things like the... uh the Vera and Steve Bedanski book and the mm-hmm. and the TED Talk. I just want to let our listeners know we're going to post that stuff on our website for you guys as resources. And we want to hear from you, um, you know, any part of this conversation you'd like for us to elaborate on in a future episode. Give us your feedback. We want to know how you get yourself off, if you've been bossy in bed, anything we've Has talked about. Has anybody else faked? Yeah does, <laughs> yeah, does anyone else fake it? So, yeah, so we're going to be posting some resources for you on our website. So make sure you check that out at clittalkshow.com.
1: And definitely, if you have any tips on how to get to those six Please other types of workouts, won't you tell we would us? Like to know,
0: yes. If anyone has the resources, send them to us so we can share.
1: <laughs> so, listeners, we're inviting you into a special exercise. So, as long as you're not driving, close your eyes and take a deep breath. Now. Take your consciousness, just the thinking part of yourself, and take your thinking down to your pussy or your cock. Maybe if you're a man, you want to go directly to your balls. Maybe if you're a woman, you want to go directly into your clit and just start there. And so you're just going to take your mind on a little exploration and discover what are the sensations that are being experienced right now in your genitals? Can you feel a tingle anywhere? And stay connected to your breath. And find where the pleasure is. And if you don't experience any pleasure there, see if you can start to generate it. See if you can start to generate the experience of pleasure just with your mind. And take this exercise into bed with you tonight as you're drifting off to sleep and experiment with can you bring yourself to orgasm with your consciousness alone? Should Enjoy.
0: Should we go out on the, out on the- yeah. No way. <laughs>
2: Yeah, And listeners, you too chime in. Here we go. Pussy. 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 Pussy.
0: Pussy.
3: Pussy.
2: Pussy. 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 Pussy
0: in the evening, pussy in the morning, Uh. pussy at supper time. When pussy's on the table, you can have pussy anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe, but only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review, but again, only if are open to incredible sex and amazing relationships. And if you email us a screenshot of your review to contest at gmail.com, you will be automatically entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card. We can't wait to give you some free shit.